0: welcome to the quite audacious podcast with amanda swiger i am a self-made rebellious and bold multi six-figure wedding and boudoir photographer with a deep belief that doing things my own way is why i've been so successful i'm now taking that love of audacious rebel-minded thinking and helping other photographers build the lives and businesses that they're in love with all while still working with clients and taking you along for the ride No topic is off limits here, so expect a lot of honest conversations, in the moment riffs, business and life advice, tough love, and of course, talking with you about all the ways you can work with me and to create the life that you've been dreaming of. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into it, y'all. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Quiet Audacious podcast. I want you to, as you are listening to this intro for the podcast episode today, I want you to kind of channel in your mind the uh, one of the opening scenes from the Disney movie Cinderella, where the little bluebirds are chirping in the background and there's little bells off in the distance, because today we are talking about all things love and weddings on the podcast. I really wanted this podcast in general to be kind of a resource and a place for entrepreneurs and photographers to go. But a lot of my couples listen to this beautiful podcast and you know what? It is my podcast, so my rules. And so today I am bringing you an episode all about my suggestions for having the perfect wedding day. And I'm going to start this episode off by saying there is no such thing as a perfect wedding day it is only perfect if it is exactly what you and your spouse have dreamed up so take or leave any of my suggestions but I have done hundreds and hundreds of weddings and there are some things that I think definitely make my couples enjoy their day more and I was like you know what let's put this puppy on the podcast and I am just so excited to talk to y'all about one of my favorite subjects which is people in love So I, for those of you who do not know anything about me or have maybe just stumbled across this podcast, I have been a professional wedding photographer since 2000, ooh, geez, 12. Uh, I've been doing this full time since 2014 and I photographed hundreds of weddings. I've done everything from super DIY affairs to very posh city weddings to conservative weddings to... Jewish weddings to witch, like witchcrafty kind of vibe weddings. I have even done weddings for um, non-monogamous folks. So I have a lot of experience and I really, really love what I do. And if you have never checked out any of my wedding photos and you are curious, if you search at Swiger Photography, S-W-I-G-E-R, on Instagram, you will find me and all of my beautiful couples there. So I've got a fun list for us to go through today and uh, let's let's get into it, y'all. So one of the very first, I guess, tips I for sure wanted to make sure I included in this podcast is that I think that going to your cocktail hour is the number one game changing thing when it comes to planning a wedding. I have found that so many people want to go around and say hi to everybody, which obviously I love. These are people who are excited to celebrate with you. So you obviously want to thank them for coming and say hi to everybody. And a lot of couples are wanting a lot of candidates these days. They want interaction photos. They want to feel like they're getting photos with the people that they love that are not just in their wedding party or their immediate family. And cocktail hour is this low-pressure time where everyone is just getting a drink, they're hanging out, they're all excited, no one's super drunk yet, hopefully. Um, And so I have found that cocktail hour is the time to get candids of both your guests and you with your guests, Because kind of the main alternative to this is that couples would go around table to table during the reception. And I generally don't tend to photograph that all that much because people are usually mid-meal and nobody wants to be, you know, having photos taken while they're mid-bite on, you know, a delicious piece of salmon. Um, And I just don't find that those photos tend to be very flattering Partly because y'all would be standing as the couple, your guests would be sitting. There's a kind of a height differential. They're just not flattering photos. But at cocktail, everyone's, everyone's kind of standing around. They're gonna want to take a selfie with you. All of that fun stuff. The light is usually better because usually it's not dark then, unless you're getting married in the winter. And so, I really, really, really encourage my couples to go to their cocktail hour, this does mean that you would need to do a first look or to get dressed together. I shoot a lot of queer weddings and I would say that quite a bit of my couples get dressed together rather than having like a formal first look. I'm gonna get to that a little later on my list, but um, you you would need to see each other beforehand so that all the photos are done ahead of time. Um, And one of the other trends that I'm seeing with cocktail hours is longer cocktail hours. And I freaking love it. I am all about this 90 minute cocktail hour because it means that you have a few minutes right after your ceremony to soak in that newly married bliss, to go kind of say, you know, hi to your new spouse and sneak off, maybe take a few photos with me, and then like an hour and 15 minutes to go mingle with all of your people. Who doesn't love that? I will also say that if you have a lot of extended family photos you want, having a longer cocktail hour does mean that, you know, you're not eating into too much of cocktail hour trying to knock out some of those big family shots. Because generally I try not to do this before the ceremony. I just think that having a ton of people there early is just not practical. Um, And so usually we do those right after the ceremony and making sure that everyone who needs to be in those photos is aware to stay put after the ceremony. We'll definitely speed that up, but also having a longer cocktail hour means that it doesn't matter as much. Um, So that would definitely be probably my number one thing. The number two thing I think is something that is super duper underrated, and that is looking at all of the places you're using for photos that day And looking at the aesthetic of them, Um, one of the things I encourage my couples to do is take a photo of your ceremony space, take a photo of your reception space on your phone, um, take a photo or find a photo from Google of the hotel you're looking at using for getting ready or Airbnb, um, and then any other kind of portrait locations outside that you might be using. Line them all up and, and kind of put them like side by side, swipe through them. If one of those spaces really sticks out or doesn't go, keep that in mind because that is how it's going to look in your photos. Um, I am all for taking your own photos and making a Pinterest board. You can upload a photo, even if it's just a photo you took onto a private Pinterest board or a public one, whatever you want to do. And just seeing the visuals of it. I even will tell people like upload a photo of your bridesmaids in their dresses if you went with them to go try stuff on or the suit that one of you is looking at getting or If you don't care, maybe even you and your wedding dress, just kind of start to look at the visual of things because oftentimes I won't, I'll hear after a wedding, like, Oh yeah, I just hate that our getting ready photo location really didn't match the rest of the wedding day. And it, you know, stuck out. I hear that specifically a lot about getting ready locations. And one way to do that is to really just look at all of the different places and make sure that they, they go and that you like the vibe. Um, The other thing I'll say kind of along the same lines is when you're looking at venues, make sure you like the light during the time of day you'd be getting married. Um, I often suggest that if you're really serious about a venue and you know you want to have a sunset ceremony, go and look at the venue again at sunset, even if it's the wrong time of year, where does the sunset, obviously, depending on when from when you're looking at it to when your actual wedding date would be the sun is probably going to be in a different spot on the horizon. But do you actually like the light or do you like what's in your head? Because sometimes I think that that happens a lot where people think it's going to look one way and it doesn't. Um, I will also say that I think that trying to do anything at quote unquote sunset time is dangerous. I would always suggest doing it at least an hour before whatever your sunset is. It's because if you have a day where it's cloudy, the sun is going to feel like it sets earlier. Um, You also just don't want to be blinded during the middle of your ceremony that's not fun uh you also don't want to have like half of your ceremony in the light and half of it not if things run late the amount of ceremonies that people like oh it's gonna be 10 minutes and it's really 45 too many for me to count um it happens a lot so just think about the lighting and the vibe and make sure that you like the overall aesthetic not just what it looked like the day you went and looked at it. Cause like I had recently a, a couple who they toured their venue at like 10 or 11 AM on, you know, a weekend in the fall, but they're getting married at their venue at like sunset in the spring. And they just did their final walkthrough and they like, had a whole conniption. They're like, this is not at all what we had in our heads. And I was like, right. Cause it looks totally different at a different time of day. Um, so just keep that in mind. I would also say, look on Instagram, search your venue, go to the geo tags, look at photos that are taken by guests or other photographers at your venue, see what you like, especially if you haven't picked a venue yet. It's a really great way to see how other people use that space and do you like what it looks like? So that would be something I would consider. Um, another thing that's kind of a guess along the same lines would be when you're thinking about your reception and where to put your sweetheart table and they, you, and you ask them at your walkthrough, like, where does the sweetheart table typically go? Or they tell you, look at what's behind it. And is that what you want in your photos? The amount of venues that put a sweetheart table, quote unquote, in the middle of the room with three exit signs behind you, I can't even begin to tell you. And. I love y'all, unless it's going in an album, I'm not taking the exit sign out of every photo. I'm just not doing it. So, and most photographers aren't either. Um, Not out of hundreds and hundreds of wedding photos. So just take a look at that. I would say tent weddings, this is even more prevalent. Do you have a pole coming out of one of your heads? Those sorts of things. Can you use flowers or draping or move the sweetheart table to somewhere that gives you a prettier background? Your sweetheart table is going to be featured in a lot of your photos. So just keep that in mind because that is not something that I can really change after the fact. Um, in going back to a first look, I personally love first looks, not for the reason I think a lot of photographers do. I am less into the, like, I mean, I love the ooey gooey. Oh my God. You look so stunning. You look so handsome, whatever vibe. I love that. I am. More into them though, because I feel like so many people when they are not doing a first look spend, spend so much of their day, not with each other, but by the time you see each other, you don't really give a fuck about your guests. (laughs) You just want to hang out with the person that you love and like, you're going to get pulled on your whole wedding day. And I just feel like couples enjoy their day so much more when they spend it together. So uh, that's my big reason. Honestly, it makes a lot more sense from a practical standpoint to get a lot of the photos done ahead of time. We're not as much on a time crunch. You can be a little bit more chilled and relaxed. I think the photos end up looking more organic and natural because we're not go, 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 go. If you are somebody who is wearing a dress that is a lot of layers or you want it to lay a particular way trying to cram that in during a space of cocktail hour where like things move pretty quick it's harder so you know when you're doing things ahead of time we have a lot more flexibility in the same vein whether you do a first look or not find time and build it into your schedule for the two of you to find time to connect and it can be as simple as a few minutes here and a few minutes there. And I am really cognizant of this. When I build my clients' timelines, I really encourage them when we steal them for their night photos to walk back to wherever their reception is from their night photo. Without me, I always say take the long way. And you know, one of my favorite moments from my wedding day, I'm going to try not to get choked up talking about it, was our photographer kind of pulled us to the front of our property and took a photo of us. And- I, you, you just, when you're inside a moment, you don't get to see what it looks like from the outside. And I think that is one of the beautiful moments of being able to just step away for a moment and like walk back in together and just be like, are you having fun? I love you. This is great. Look at all the people we love in this space, look at all the hard work we put together to get to this day, you know, holding hands, just standing there for a minute. It was one of my favorite moments of our wedding day. And I really encourage my couples to find time to do that. I also personally build out about 30 minutes prior to the ceremony where we're not taking photos of you two. I tell people, if your vibe is that you want to just go and spend 30 minutes by yourself, like each of you separately by yourself without your wedding party. Great. If you want to go spend some time with your wedding parties separately. Great. I will also say for my anxious couples out there who really just love each other and people are not their jam. Spend that 30 minutes together. Lock yourselves in a room with just the two of you. Seriously. I know that probably sounds like counterintuitive and like you should be spending the day with each other, but you know yourselves, you know your your relationship. If you're the people who feel like you need time together, if you're introverted and like you need that kind of downtime, build it into your day. Like it makes you enjoy the day so much more. And at the end of the day, it's really about you. The whole day is about the two of you and you should enjoy it in a way that makes sense to your relationship and to you two as people. So I'm a big proponent of that. And I think that that really does shift the energy. I tell my couples who are a little bit more on that like anxious or introverted side of things, a story about a couple we had many years ago where their moms both brides their moms were making them a little nuts everyone kept pulling on them and Jordan my sweet wife could not handle the fact that they just both of them looked like they were like seconds from like breakdown tears and she straight up was like hi you two into this bathroom I'm gonna stand guard in the front knock when you want to come out and anytime anyone come up to the door Jordan's like sorry the brides are taking a minute sorry the brides are taking a minute.' And They were so grateful to it. And Jordan was obnoxious about it because that's just to her speed. But like they needed that 10 minutes to just be like, oh my God, I fucking hate my mother. Actually, no, I don't. I love her to death. I just, I'm feeling really frustrated. Do you really like my dress? Whatever it was that they did. Like all of those insecurities that we feel, all the stress you feel, make space for that. And don't just try to shove it down, which is gonna lead me to my next point. If you have feelings, feel them trying to shove it down. It'll read on your face. It will ruin your photos. Um, there is another bride of ours who is a friend of ours. And she, everyone, the day of the wedding kept telling her, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. She had lost her dad. And so her brother walked down the aisle. And I'm sure that moment was just so emotionally charged for her, but rather than just crying and being so joyful about it, Her face was very much like, I'm trying not to cry. I'm trying not to cry. And I just wish that somebody would have been like, it's okay, girl. It's fine. Let the tears fall. Feel the feels. They're not bad. Crying on your wedding day. Isn't, doesn't make you ugly. None of that. And I think that sometimes we try to oh, don't cry. Don't mess up your makeup. And you know what? I don't really think that that would have messed anything up. I think it would have given her photos of her walking down the aisle that maybe she would have liked a touch more because I think that they would have felt less like she was trying to like just choke back cries. Um, and I just, I think that if you are feeling happy, feel happy. Um, if you're feeling pissed off, I also feel like, you know what it is totally fine to be like, I'm pissed off for a few minutes. Um, another story I tell a lot to my clients who have complicated family relationships is that I told everyone on my wedding day, My parents are not here. I'm going to be upset about that at some point on my wedding day. There will be no shoving it down, fuck them, none of that. I will take the time to be upset about something that is upsetting. And then I will move on from that when I'm ready. I'm not available for whatever thing you want to say to try to make it better. There's nothing that's going to make it better. And I get to feel that way. I'm not going to let it overhang my whole wedding, but there was for sure a moment when Jordan and I were back at uh, our house setting up for the reception and she was like, hey wifey, and I just lost it. And I was so happy that I didn't feel like I needed to shove that down and be like, no, no, today's happy. Today's going to be happy. It was happy. It was my favorite day of my entire life. I don't think I will ever feel the level of joy I felt that day. But there was also a lot of sadness and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of anger. And those things get to exist beside joy. And if you have people in your life who can't handle that, um, put them on notice that like you're gonna feel those feelings. And I let my clients know if that is your story. I will make space for that. I will physically put myself between you and other people to give you that space. Because yes, I am your photographer. My job is to capture things. But I am the vendor that is with you the most of anybody that whole day. I am up in your business the entire day. And while I want you to have epic, amazing photos, I care more about you enjoying your day than having an hour of epic portraits. Because I understand that those epic portraits are cool, but they're not why you're getting married. You're a human who's gonna have a lot of feelings on that day and I just wanna make space for them. And if that resonates with you and you are not one of my clients and maybe you don't live anywhere near me, I encourage you to find a photographer that has that similar vibe who can kind of hold space for two things at one time and can be your advocate um, because it really does, I think, make a huge difference. Um. I'm going to talk a little bit about other vendors and how to make your day run smoothly, because I think this is a huge problem in the wedding industry is that there's a lot of competition between different types of vendors. I love my videographer, Tiffany. I we also have other videographers on our team. Um, And I love being able to offer our clients photo and video in-house because what I found is that sometimes photo and video teams can kind of come at a wedding day from two very different perspectives if they're not from the same company. So they have very different processes and not, none of them are bad or wrong. It's just, they're different. So if a videographer likes doing something one way and a photographer likes doing it another way, that's eventually going to butt up against each other. And so I really suggest finding a photo and video team, either all in one or two companies that really do have a similar ethos and how they approach things like posing or, um, timelines for days and how much time they need for certain things and that kind of stuff. Um, like I worked with a videographer a couple of years ago who he would not let um, the photographer take photos while the bride was getting dressed. So the bride had to get dressed twice. Pissed the bride off to no end. Um, pissed me off too, because then I ended up letting him have the first run because that was kind of how he pushed to have it done. So my photos look fake and posed because they were fake and posed So knowing that and making sure, like some people, they want the production, no shame in that, but making sure that like maybe the production aspect of a wedding, your vendors are working together. I also will say that I think that hair and makeup people can either make or break a wedding. There are so many incredible hair and makeup artists. And then there are some that are going to fuck up your whole day. Um, but here's the thing. I think that they get a bad rap because I would say the exact same thing about there are some excellent photographers. There are photographers that'll fuck up your day. There are excellent DJs. There are DJs that'll fuck up your day. It does not matter the type of vendor. It matters like who they are as a vendor, like what their ethos and way of doing things is. So I always try to give my couples their timelines pretty early out from their wedding so that they know what time they need to be dressed so they can communicate that with hair and makeup I try to communicate with them about certain timeline things for the reception. So when they're talking to their DJ, their DJ is aware of those things. And if their DJ is somebody who has certain ways of doing things, having them find that out so I'm aware Um, because I never want to step on anybody's toes. But at the same time, again, I do feel like I am oftentimes the advocate for my couples because I am just with them the whole day, right up in your face with the camera. So I, I, I see it all. Um, and I think that finding vendors, if you have a vendor, you really love, ask them who they love working with. I have DJs. I have a favorite, two favorite DJs. I have a favorite hair and makeup company. I love working with. I have a smaller queer hair and makeup artist that I love recommending who works for my boudoir brand when they want to take on clients. Um, I have dress shops. I recommend if you're, especially if you're plus size, um, you know. I guess, shout out to the Curvy Bride in North Jersey. If you are at all in the North Jersey area, it is a all plus size wedding dress shop that is dope as fuck. It's my number one recommendation outside of Kleinfeld's for plus size brides. So shout out to the Curvy Bride. Lots of fun things like that. I have a favorite. I have several favorite florists. So if you have a vendor you like, find out who they like working with. See if you vibe with them. Um, Because oftentimes you're going to get people who are all... Kind of of the same approach and mindset, and that does make your life as a client easier because your wedding day is going to flow a lot more seamlessly. So, like yesterday, my favorite hair and makeup artist called me, and we were chatting about uh, two of the timelines for some of our spring couples, and just kind of workshopping some of that stuff. And when you have those kinds of vendors that have those relationships, it means you're not having to do all the back and forth work as a client, and who does not love that? Um. I also wanted to put on this list that I think one of the most underrated things that people don't really think about is your wedding day outfits, which might sound kind of comical because I feel like a wedding dress is something that people are like, oh my God, a wedding dress. But I think that what happens a lot of times is people get wrapped up in a moment and then don't think about how they're going to like that in all aspects. So for example, the number of my clients tell me I'm not wearing a strapless dress and I show up. And they have a strapless wedding dress. And then they spend the entire day tugging at it, futzing with it, because they genuinely don't like strapless wedding dresses and they're self-conscious about it. But they got one anyways. Uh, and I think that you could have the most perfect wedding day ever. But if you don't like what you look like, nothing's going to change how you feel about your photos because you're probably not going to like them because you're not going to like your outfit. Um, And I think that is like I said, super duper underrated. I think that this even extends well beyond, you know, brides who wear dresses. Um, I would say probably one of the number one things I hear post-wedding is regarding suits, especially suits on queer folks, and that they waited to the last minute to get a suit and then they didn't like how it fit and they didn't have the time to change it. I've also heard this from my grooms too. Uh, So, try to get that stuff early, have a plan, make sure you really love it. Um, I think that, you know, like anything, people can feel pressured into making a decision. It is totally fine to walk away from a shop and sleep on a decision or take a breath or come back. Places might make you feel shitty for that, but uh, make sure you really love it is the thing you're going to, it is the biggest thing of your wedding is how you two look. It's how you're gonna remember how you felt that day. Uh, my favorite hair and makeup artist Sarah always says that like your wedding day is not the day to go rogue, and I could not agree with that even anymore because you don't want to like try something new on your wedding day and then spend the entire day not feeling like yourself. Um, and I just think that's really great advice. Um, I think the only other two things I wanted to kind of put on this list is that. Remember that you are having a wedding day, not a movie. Um, enjoy it. Have fun. Let the stress go the day of. Trust people um, to make help you make decisions and do that. And then the only other thing I'd say is if you have photos that you really want, certain people you want pictures with that are outside like the obvious, like a photo with your mom, maybe you have a best friend or a friend group, make sure you give those as a list to your photographer, make sure you have time built in for those things. Let those people know you want photos with them. Uh, Cause I can't read your mind. <laughs> so yeah, those are, that is my list of tips. If you are planning a wedding, I feel like I have for sure left out things. So if you are somebody listening to this, especially if you're also a fellow wedding vendor uh, and you feel like I've left something out, DM me, I'm sure I could do a part two to this and Yeah, if you are a couple getting married and you have found this helpful, let me know. What else would you like to know? And um, if you are somebody who is looking to get married or getting married and um, would love to chat with me about being your wedding photographer, hi. Hello, I would love to work with you. Yes, I do travel. I've traveled all over the United States for weddings. Uh no one's taken me out of the United States, but I'm just going to put it out there because it is my dream. I want to shoot a wedding in Italy and I want to shoot a wedding in wine ca- uh, country in California. Um so if you're getting married either those places, for sure say hello. Um but my my clientele is typically LGBTQ couples, plus-size brides, and folks that really want bold authentic, totally themselves portraits and wedding days that match who they are. And if that is you, I would love to chat. Um, I'm gonna leave y'all there and I will see you next time here on the Quiet Audacious Podcast. In the meantime, stay audacious and bold and madly in love, friends. The world needs our love. I'll see you guys next time.